Okay, I think some volume's going up. Good evening, everyone. Good evening, so good to see you. Praise the Lord. Well, now is the offering time. I'm going to read from my phone today. Come on, face ID. You know, it's getting as tired of looking at me as you are, so maybe we get this thing working. Praise the Lord. So it's giving time. We continue to worship our giving. Uh, and tonight we're going to come out of Joel chapter 2. It's a good thing. And in Joel chapter 1, just to lay the context, the uh, people were disobedient, not following the Lord, doing everything contrary to what the Lord said to do, and they paid a tremendous price for that. But then later on in Joel 22 is where we'll go. There was repentance. There was running to back to God and getting involved with God's business. And when you get involved with God's business, he gets involved with mine, yours, ours, everybody that's here. Praise the Lord. And it's a good thing. They messed up tremendously. They were out of, out of line, out of the way. But repentance is such a powerful tool. And they got back involved with God's business and doing it his way. And one way we can do that is, is through offering. It's other things. It's service. It's faith. It's obedience to what he's called us to do. But you now, now is giving time. And that is doing things God's way and participating with him, getting involved in his business. It's a covenant exchange between us and him. And here's what happens when we do that. Verse 18, then the Lord will be zealous for his Proper relationships must be maintained. Honor means to prize highly, to show respect, to glorify and exalt. And then I'm going to read from the New King James, Galatians 6, verses 1 through 4. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. And you, fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. Uh, I think there's a kind of an idea going around today that we don't have to honor anymore. We don't have to respect authority or parents. And I think it's a dangerous thing. I really do. Um, learning honor and obedience begins at home. Um, a lot of homes are not running, the, running, their, running according to scripture. Disobedience and blatant disregard for parents and voices of authority, I, I believe, is dangerous physically, and I believe it's dangerous spiritually. Children must learn obedience to parents, teachers, coaches, and other adults who have authority over them. Now, I'm not talking blindly about doing whatever an adult says if they tell a child to do something immoral or illegal. I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about a power trip or control. Um, it's not wrong to expect your kids to obey you. The book of Proverbs is a book of instructions from a father to a son. All right. So some practical ways uh, to do this require obedience. When you have small children, you need to require that they obey you. Uh, and I'm not talking about telling them to do a backflip and things they can't do, but tell them to do something and expect them to do it. Um, be willing to stand there and make them do it. Um, show them how you expect to have something done. You know, don't get mad at them if they're, if they're not able to, to do something. 
Um, show them how to do it. Have reasonable expectations. Consider the age of your child. Praise your children when they're obedient. Don't just fuss when they don't listen. Um, and you have obedience at its core is an issue. Yes, yeah, so obedience heart. is a core issue. You know, it's just like it's an instruction from the Lord. So whether we understand it fully or not, uh, whether we like some of it or not, when God says there's a way to do it, just do it that way, and it'll be the right way. And then we'll learn from there. Mm-hmm. Can I throw a grandparent nugget in? I'm out to get grandparents tonight. No, don't be. I can't be? Okay. So grandparents, reinforce the obedience thing with the parents, please. So my dad had some particular things. Like he didn't like me shooting up his mailboxes. I did that on a regular basis. He really didn't like that. Now he thinks it's funny when things at my house get shot up, and he encourages it, right, with ammo purchases and things like that. So anyway, he kind of went to the other side, and he's not reinforcing those good habits nowadays. All right, that's my grandparent nugget. They've been very respectful of our rules and the way that we do things, though, and I have a don't ask, don't tell policy. <laughs> I won't ask how much chocolate you eat or how late you stay up, and don't tell me. I just I don't want to know when you come back. We'll just take a few days to get it straightened up. and. Yeah. All right. When your children are young, um, if don't tell them to do something you can't follow up on. Okay. And when they are young, demand they respond when you call. I'm not talking about yes, mommy. Just just run as fast as they can to you. But at least respond with a yes, ma'am. Okay. To to know that you heard you heard me. They need to be tuned into your voice, and I'll go over that. That's another point. But they need to be tuned into your voice. Don't let them get so engrossed in screen time that they can't hear you. And I think the screen time is a, is a real issue for, for kids that are elementary age now because it's so much a part of what they do and how they live. Um, if your children are young and they don't respond, I'm, I used to walk to them and you just bring them to you. I called you. You need to, sorry, Mariah. I, I called you. You need to at least say yes, ma'am, and acknowledge that you heard me. And if you're in the middle of something, I'm coming or, you know, we've got different ways to look at that. But at least respond. Um, as kids become teens, that get, this gets harder. You have to pick the things that are most important to you. I think there was one point, because we homeschooled for a long time, and I was really a neat and tidy person before we had children. I was very neat. And the more kids we had, the more it just, and now Mariah fusses at me because our upstairs, the little girl's area is just a wreck. But I'm just a lot older. The house is bigger than it was. And I just, I just don't care anymore. (laughs) Um, So there was a time where the boys shared a room and I'd get mad that their drawers, the, the clothes in their drawers were a mess. And Jason would say, just close the drawers and just don't look at it. And so then it was, okay, close the bedroom door and don't look at it because it, it wasn't worth my time to, to get wrapped up in how their room looked. Now, some of you might say, I expect my children's room to be neat and tidy all the time. And I would have, 20 years ago, I would have said, oh, I would absolutely expect my children's beds to be made and tucked in with a hospital tuck every morning. And it just, like I said, it's, it's gone downhill over the years. But, but Garrison's is the cleanest it's ever been. He's gone. He's gone. So <laughs> Dave, you're next. Mariah, empty. you're after that. It'll be a very clean house yeah. in a few years. And I did have someone tell me one time that she got her children, her teenagers, to clean their room company ready once a week. 
And then the rest of the week, they just kind of relaxed. But once a week, they had to scrub their bathrooms, you know, vacuum the floor, dust, all that kind of stuff. But just once a week, and then the rest of the week, they were just allowed to relax. Now, I'm going to tell him an example of hanging up keys. He is really big on hanging up car keys. We have hooks with the names of the vehicle. And two sets of car keys have to be hanging up there every night when we go to bed. Because you know how much trouble it is to get car keys replaced. And if you can't find either one of them, then you can't drive the car. And it's expensive and blah, blah, blah. Especially while everyone else is still asleep in the house. And you can't find the key to I the know, car. I know, you got to move a car and you can't that's, find that's, them. Anybody with me on the key thing? All right, we okay. have, I've, got some, I've got some friends in here now. So. All right. Uh, there we go. All right. We got keys in the house. So Mariah's got her head down because th she had, for like a couple of weeks, she was refusing to hang up her keys. And said, Mariah, this is one thing that really bothers your dad. You got to go hang up your keys. So I had to go get her off the couch a few times to get her to go hang up her keys. And I didn't fuss at her. I, I did fuss at her and I finally realized just make her get up, go get them from her book bag and go hang them up. So just pick, you know, one or two things. You know, these are the things that I'm not giving in on. Maybe it's important in your house, not important in anybody else's house. But like I said, as they become teenagers, you may have to change what's important to you and what's not. All right, so training key number two was training your children to be obedient. And training key number three is training your children to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. And we're going to read John 10, 1 through 5 in the New King James. I don't have that here. Oh. Can I just read it out of here? You can read it. Or you read it. Go ahead. All right. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who does, anybody have any reading glasses? Does, can you just <laughs> uh, read it? I can't see it. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him, the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and his sheep follow him, for they know his voice. All right, so this is a little bit of a follow-up on obedience um, and training your children to hear your voice. So I want you to, to think that with, with children, if they can't hear your voice, and they're not taught to respond to your voice, uh, the instructions of a natural voice that they can hear with their natural ears, how are they ever going to be able to hear and respond to a voice that they can only hear from the inside of here? So I really believe part of the purpose of teaching your children to be obedient to your voice is to be able to respond to the voice of the Holy Spirit that's on the inside of you. Um, teach your children that once they make Jesus their Lord, the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of them. God wants what's best for them, and they must hear that voice on the inside to know uh, what, what that is, what God's trying to tell them. All right, I'm just going to, I'm so, not going to try to, sorry, go so ahead. You go, so one of the mission objectives of children and youth here is, just, is this very thing, and it's, it, it is unique. You know, there's not many ministries that will camp on this like we do, but train your children to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit is a mission objective of children and youth. So if you have children or grandparents in it, that's being taught, it's being reinforced. One of the ways we do it, are the, where are the teens? Any teens in here that are willing to speak to. up? 
Okay. We have one rule, like right? One rule in the teen class. Anybody willing to say what that is? No talking when the teacher's talking. That's not an ego trip for the teacher. That's to train the kids to learn how to hear the voice of an authority and then to teach them the word so that at some point they can hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. There's a lot of distractions in life, but you still have to know how to hear the voice of the Spirit if you want to stay ahead and stay protected. So that's what we try to teach in children and youth. If you can stop talking, stop what you're doing when the voice of the teacher goes off, you're well on your way to learning how to do that with the Holy Spirit, which is an inside voice, not an outside voice. So I'm not going to try to harp on this too much. This kind of goes with the last, the last one, training your children to be obedient. Um, but I've coached the kids' basketball teams over the years. I've done some subbing. I've done homeschooling and all that kind of stuff. And I've seen it get worse that kids are not responding to the voices of authority. Like when we were growing up, if a teacher raised their voice, boop, we got quiet, we got nervous. If they flipped the lights, oh no. If they rang a bell, oh no. Kids are not responding. I've subbed where I'm flicking lights, I'm ringing a bell, and I'm thinking, <laughs> they just, they're just not responding to authority like we used to. You know, like we just get a little nervous if somebody's you know, flicking lights, the teacher's going to punish us. And maybe it's because the teachers aren't punishing. But um, anyways, I just wanted to stress that just to really do that at home. And um, I think one of the things that you should, I, we, re we recommend that you do is make your children get quiet. If they've got screens on all the time, quiet is uncomfortable. Um, if they've always got a screen on, they've always got something going, quiet's uncomfortable. Um, they don't always have to have a screen. They don't always have to have noise. You can't hear that inside voice when there's always outside noise going. And another uh, thing we suggest is pray together, uh, seek God together about simple daily things that might be very important um, to your, oh, so this is about, sorry, I get a little bit mixed up. Um, pray together about things that may seem very simple. Um, and insignificant to you. Um, what shirt do I wear today? And get, teach them to get quiet. And you know what? It doesn't matter if they wear the wrong color shirt on a day, but it teaches them to get quiet and to hear that inside voice. Um, let's see. Uh, pray together before you go into the grocery store. The grocery store has been, always been a really big thing to me from budgeting, um, hearing the Holy Spirit, buy this, don't buy that. There's a sale on this thing around the corner. Going into the grocery store and listening how, to how you spend your money. Teach your kids to do that. Take them in there with you and say, we're going to get quiet before we pick stuff up off the shelf. You think, well, that's not very spiritual. Well, it comes to a time when things are going to be much bigger and more important. But if you don't practice on the simple things, you're never going to know how to do it with the big things. Um, we encourage you to pray in the Spirit together. Uh, if you're not filled with the Spirit, if you're not praying in tongues, we suggest you learn how to do that. The Holy Spirit is a helper. He, this says that um, you'll sh you, his sheep will know his voice. Part of praying in the Spirit is, is hearing his voice. Um, we have a stretch of road that we had on the way to take the kids to school. We call it Ramp to Ramp. You and know that when you get off of 460 on the, the 29, you go over the big bridge? That one, the, I guess they call it a bypass or is that the, mm -hmm. anyway, we, we get on there and we call, somebody says ramp to ramp. 
we pray in the spirit in the car until the next ramp where we just usually get off to go to school and then Jess says, she says, good job, everybody, and we're done. It just is a rhythm. Because praying in the spirit when you're not used to doing it, it's kind of awkward, especially when you're all looking at each other. You know, it's just kind of, this is kind of goofy, you know. This feels weird. But create some places, safe places to start practicing and doing that, and uh, then it'll become kind of a normal part of what you do. The other thing she's done, it's helped me. And I actually think trading key number three is actually for us grown-ups more than it is for the kids, right? You know, putting the screens down. Uh, getting quiet kind of sounds like a formula from for us um, <clears throat> but one thing she has done really good about praying in the spirit for the family is set your timer to get started for kids set a timer that sounds very unspiritual but if you don't set a timer you won't do it and trust me that's very unspiritual so it's just little things of discipline you know, like two minutes I think or one minute and then five minutes and then over time, you're praying in the Spirit 30 minutes. And then over time, you don't care what the time is. But that's, as we talked on Sunday, steps. One step after the other to get them in a rhythm. I mean, a 10-year-old doesn't like to pray in the Spirit, but they get in a pattern of doing it. They're not scared to do it. Mm-hmm. Not awkward. All right, so your children can rely on you to hear from the Holy Spirit for them and give them answers when they're young. But the time comes very quickly when they are choosing to participate in godly versus not godly activities when you're not around. A time comes very quickly. And I'm telling you, when these kids get in high school, when they get in the ninth grade, it's like you turn around and they are graduating from high school. I don't know, I don't know where it, I hear people say that. And it, it's so cliche, but it's true. And the next thing you know, they're picking a path after high school and they're choosing a spouse and it's up to them. It's not up to you anymore. It's a choice they have to make. And so you want to make sure that all along these younger formative years, you've taught them how to hear from the Holy Spirit in the younger years. All right. So training, uh, key number four is train your children that the word is final authority. We're going to be wrapped up by about 945. Okay. No, this is the last point. There was one more. That's your last point. Okay. (laughs) All right, so train your children that the word is the final authority. Use scripture to train and correct and problem solve. Use scripture to make confessions over your children and their situations. Your kids need to know that you're not telling you, you're not telling them things because you think it's right. It's because this is what the Bible says about it. Uh, Everything your child dealing with has an answer in scripture. Seek God in your own quiet time. If your kids are having a problem with a friend, if they're having a health problem, uh, seek God in your own quiet time and share it with your kids. Encourage them to seek God in their quiet time um, with some scriptures. Um, It's amazing how scriptures will pop up in your reading time. It's amazing how you'll be listening to a podcast or a sermon and Pastor Greg will hit on something that you needed for that situation and he doesn't even know about it. All right, one thing I really encourage you to do is keep a list of scriptures in a notebook on the notes in your phone or on your computer in categories. Keep a category for, um, well, I was going to say spankings. Foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child. The rod of correction shall drive it far from him. My kids heard that a lot before they She actually got used spankings. a loaf of bread on Garrison I one time. I did it. It was <laughs> a You know, we can say it now because he's an adult. He's out of the house. You can't, you know, file a claim against us. But Garrison... He has a good way of saying things sometimes, so he came back, and she trained him up with a loaf of bread. And he, he never said that again. Well, Garrison did have the most spankings of anybody in the house, right? You know it. You and Jessa. <laughs> okay. Gabriel never had any spankings. Cause Her he, favorite child. <laughs> it's not my favorite. <laughs> but keep the scriptures of like, uh, 
things that deal with fear, right? Because if we don't have scriptures in front of us, we use our opinions, yeah. what's going on, how we feel about things, emotions of the moment. Uh, but when we're dealing with strife, fear, anxiety, lying, she can whip out a lying booklet before yeah, quicker than anything. Proverbs is full, full of these kind of things to, to correct about lying and pride and uh, strife, um, foolishness, you know, keep uh, tail bearers and, you know, not being able to keep secrets. Proverbs is full of it. So keep your categories for all these things. And it makes it so much easier. I don't have to give my opinion. I'll just tell you what the Bible says about this. Um, and then they leave and you're like, oh, I better be doing that too, you know. Yeah, it, it, it holds us accountable too. So do you want to go over the last one or? Okay. Uh, We're not going to talk about it. We'll just go over it. It's time. It's, it's time. It's Wednesday night. Um, Can I just say it real fast? Say it as fast as you possibly Train can. your children that God has plans and an assignment for them here in the earth and be a part of helping your child discover that assignment and the plan to fulfill it. Jeremiah 29, 11. Yep. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. So that's been mm -hmm. a key in our house too. Yep, absolutely. Train them. They have purpose and plans. And there's a training plan for how to be ready yep. for that purpose yep. and assignment. So we're among people who do it well. Some of you we've learned from. We acknowledge that. We don't know it all, and we still have a ways to go. So there's road we haven't covered. And, but what we tried to do tonight was teach from the Word of God, which, which teaches to all ages at all times, principles based on the Word of God, and hopefully a few practical things that could help. I uh, do appreciate your attention and participation on a Wednesday night. Are we closing out in a song? or what? I think that we should just um, pray as they close pray, out in pray. a song. Let's just pray Let's for pray together. people. And parenting is hard. It's work, it's, right? it's, a, it's, work. It's, it's work. And people tell you before you have kids, it's going to be hard. But nothing prepares you. Then you just have to jump in and rely on the Holy Spirit and seek the help of people around you and rely on the Word. And the Lord is good, and he's faithful. And I can say I've seen the faithfulness of the Lord in raising children like I've never seen in anything else. So pray for people. Father, we thank you tonight. Thank you for your word and your way. Father, you created families, and so you know how to do it. And Father, you said you would give us wisdom and show us how to do it. You laid it out in your word. All we have to do is find it, be obedient to it, do it, practice it, and then we'll get the harvest that you promise. We come against attacks of the family right now. In general, the structure of family, the institution of family, but specifically, even in here and in our uh, immediate and extended families, we come against the attacks of Satan, the divisions, the strife, we bind those things up because at the root of those is spiritual warfare. It's not really flesh against flesh. It's spiritual warfare. And so we use our faith right now. And we use your word that says, rebuke him, rebuke the devil and he'll flee. And we call in the peace of God, the love of God, the unity that you create, 
and we call in your ideal situations and structures for the family. We thank you for your help, Holy Ghost help, powerful help, to help solve family parenting problems that don't have a logical fix right now, but have a supernatural fix. And so we pray that into the families here tonight. And Father, as we go tonight, we thank you that the roadways we're on are blessed and covered by the blood of Jesus, that no accidents, mishaps, or unnecessary delays can come near us. We thank you for your angels that go with us and before us, ministering to us, through us, and on our behalf. We declare that we're a blessing as we come and as we go. It's not just for us, but it's to be dispensed through us as well. And Lord, I just declare, let's put our faith together on this, that this truly will be the best, our best week yet. We'll walk in the goodness, the peace, and the presence of the Lord. We thank you, Lord, and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, God.